Welcome to the show. The proposed World Health Organization Pandemic Treaty will be voted on six months from now. Considering the astounding and egregious power the treaty will give the World Health Organization over your life if passed, you might think it would be discussed and debated across the nation day in and day out. Instead, there appears to be a media blackout on the subject. There is literally zero discussion in America about something that, if passed, will essentially allow foreigners at the UN to eradicate a number of your most cherished rights and you'll have no recourse. Perhaps we should take a look at this. The Dr. Reality Vodcast with Dave Champion. Let's start with this. The material I'm referencing today came to my attention thanks to John Campbell, PhD. I want to address the materials from a different angle than did John. Accordingly, I won't be covering the same ground as John did and his guest. I'll put links to two of John's videos on the subject in the notes. That said, we do need to put the key issues on the table so that you'll understand the theme I'll be discussing with you in a moment. I'm going to run through the key issues quickly so you'll have to pay attention. If you'd like to know more about these key points, watch John's videos. The key points are these. There are two different but parallel things under consideration. One is a slate of amendments to the existing international health regulations. The other is a new World Health Organization pandemic treaty. These matters are currently being negotiated at the World Trade Organization by what who considers stakeholders. Interestingly, billion dollar corporations like Pfizer are considered stakeholders, but you're not despite the fact that the consequences will fall on you. The slate of new, very concerning amendments to the existing World Health Organization regulations need only be passed by a simple majority of whose own assembly. So that's basically a slam dunk. What bureaucracy doesn't want to grant itself more power? The treaty needs a two-thirds majority of the 194 nations that are WHO members to pass. If your country is in the third that votes no, the treaty will still bind your nation. If the amendments pass the assembly, which is a virtual certainty, and the treaty is approved, the World Health Organization will basically be able to declare anything it wants a health emergency of international concern and impose its new regulations on whichever countries it wants. You should take note, that includes imposing its regulations on individual citizens of those countries. When I say it will be free to declare anything it wants to be a health emergency and impose its regulations, that will even include such issues as the bogus concept of man-made global warming, now euphemistically called climate change. Then there is the fact that who can declare as many health emergencies as it wants? There is no limit. Once WHO declares a health emergency, there is no limit to the duration. In other words, if WHO wants to continue to exercise the dictatorial powers it will have if the treaty passes, it can leave a declaration or dozens of declarations in place for five years, 10 years, or 20 years, and there's nothing anyone can do to stop it. The combination of the amendments and treaty would allow WHO to self-authorize whatever it wants, whenever it wants, under the pretense of protecting us. Further, under the amendments and the treaty, who will have exclusive authority to declare what is true concerning any declared health emergency? The authority to declare what is true will extend to any and all measures who orders to be taken, the drugs and therapies who orders people to be given, 
in all matters of science pertaining to the foregoing? Who will be free to employ worldwide censorship to preserve its authority over public information? YouTube is already putting measures in place to support this abomination. Its new policies state that anything conflicting with something the World Health Organization says will automatically be considered medical misinformation and removed or dramatically restrict who can see it. In short, YouTube is going to reap billions of dollars in exchange for helping to cripple your rights and devastate your health. I should point out that YouTube's repulsive new policy is currently operating at a time when there are no declared health emergencies by WHO. Imagine how draconian YouTube censorship will become when WHO starts declaring international health emergencies. If the amendments are adopted and the treaty approved, the new authority granted to WHO will allow it to order you to remain in your homes and put your community in lockdown. It will have the authority to close national borders. It will have the authority to force you to be given drugs and or undergo procedures without your consent. That authority will even extend to forcing you to take experimental drugs and therapies. Who will be under no obligation to tell you what's in a substance it is ordering you to put in your body? Between the power of censorship and no legal obligation to tell you what's in substances who orders to be put in your body, the treaty eradicates your right of informed consent. The treaty will also allow WHO to order your government to keep you under surveillance to ensure you're not violating WHO's orders. All of this is, of course, for your own good. There is also a neat little economic incentive gimmick in there to encourage all third world leaders to vote for the treaty. The treaty contains something called a corporate equity provision. Remember how in 2020, 2021, and 2022, virtually all of the profit from the shoddy therapeutic improperly called a vaccine went to a handful of corporations based in Western nations? Well, the corporate equity provision is intended to allegedly spread the wealth in any future similar event. In reality, the same handful of companies will simply open subsidiaries in third world countries and the parent companies will still get all the money minus the amount paid to the leaders of those nations who voted for the treaty. In other words, it's thinly veiled bribery to get leaders of third world countries to vote for the treaty. Phrased another way, it's a mechanism by which to buy the votes from leaders of poor nations in order to get the required two-third vote total. Nations can opt out of the treaty, but that requires your country to send a notice of rejection to whose director general stating your country intends to opt out. But there will be powerful forces with lots of money on the table working to prevent that. When I say lots of money on the table, let me give you an idea of what we're talking about. During 2020, 2021, and 2022, Pfizer made just shy of $100 billion from the overwhelming percentage of its products going to Western nations. Now, imagine the World Health Organization orders Pfizer's products to be given to everyone on the planet and can enforce that. Instead of talking about billions of dollars, now we're talking trillions of dollars. Keep in mind that a trillion is a thousand billion. So if you could make trillions of dollars, how many billions would you be willing to pay out for overt and covert bribery to get those trillions? That's the kind of money that will be in play to prevent the U.S. from opting out. Before I make my next statement, I need to mention that I am nonpartisan, being neither a Republican nor a Democrat. I am literally registered nonpartisan in my state. Can you imagine Biden opting out of the treaty? I can't. I can see someone like Ron DeSantis absolutely opting out, but 
not Biden. Perhaps that's something to keep in mind when considering who you might vote for in the 2024 primary in the November presidential election. And no, that should not be taken as an endorsement of DeSantis. It is merely an observation of the difference in temperaments of the two men and the reality that once DeSantis figured out much of CDC's info was, in fact, disinformation, he opened Florida back up. After having lived through that, I'm confident DeSantis would refuse to grant ent any entity the authority contained in this treaty, most especially a foreign entity. Earlier, I mentioned that voting on the treaty will take place in May 2024, which considering the gravity of the matter, is really rushing the issue to a vote. It seems who wants the vote to take place before the U.S. presidential election. Under the treaty, who guidelines are, in actuality, legally binding orders. Further, the treaty does not contain any provisions by which you, or even a member nation, can challenge whose orders. The World Health Organization Assembly will decide what sanctions to impose against nations who disobey it's legally binding orders. About a month ago, when I heard those who support the treaty claiming there is no enforcement mechanism, I dug into the various World Health Organization and UN procedures and found that there is indeed an enforcement mechanism. I'll put the link to that video down in the notes. The treaty also grants the World Health Organization and its officials complete immunity from lawsuits you'd understandably want to bring if whose orders harmed you. One of the amendments removes earlier language that specifically protected fundamental rights and human dignity. In its place is the corporate equity clause. In other words, they removed the part that protects fundamental rights and human dignity and replaced it with a provision that guarantees money to big pharma and leaders of third world nations. That's an interesting swap. Most people are unaware of this, but Big Pharma literally gives the World Health Organization billions of dollars each year, which essentially makes the World Health Organization Big Pharma's bitch. Big Pharma says jump, and who asks how high? I believe a fair assessment of the amendments and the treaty is that if they are approved, it constitutes a significant step forward in creating the one world government many people have been concerned about for decades. And to be clear, it would be a government over which you have zero control. A brief summation of all that I just mentioned would be that if it passes, you will lose the rights of self-determination, body autonomy, informed consent, and a host of other unalienable rights whenever who says so. Legacy media fact-checkers say none of this is true, but they're playing word games to substantiate their false position. As an example, they point to the fact that the treaty does not explicitly divest nations of their sovereignty as proof that sovereignty is not being surrendered. However, in a nation such as the U.S., where the Supreme Court has stated sovereignty flows from we the people, if a foreign entity has the power to suppress our rights in our own homes and communities, then clearly some incredibly significant elements of national sovereignty are being lost. That wraps up the portion of this presentation addressing the key issues that will come from the adoption of the amendments and the treaty. I said at the outset that I wanted to discuss a different facet of this matter. I want to discuss where I stand and where I think every American should stand if the amendments in the treaty are adopted. Before I jump into that, please take a moment to subscribe to the channel or follow the page. Also, if you find this presentation meaningful, share it with others so we can get the word out. Social media is a wonderful tool by which we can make others aware of important issues. Let's use it to our advantage. 
I obviously want you to contact your congressperson and senators immediately and tell them the U.S. cannot vote for the treaty and must send who's director general a notice of rejection. No matter how the voting goes in Geneva in May, the notice of rejection is critical. But what if our calls and emails fall on deaf ears, the treaty passes, and the government does not send a notice of rejection? In other words, all the obscenities laid out earlier become reality. What then? I have often said that one of the few triggers that would cause me to take up arms against the government would be an attempt to disarm the American people. In America, we the people are the masters and the government is a servant. In my opinion, the only rational interpretation of government attempting to disarm the public is that the government intends to make its move to become the master and relegate we the people to being the servants. Let me say this plainly. I have no compunction about ending anyone who attempts that. In fact, I consider it my duty. So should you, because by the time the government attempts to make that play, there is no one left to fight for our liberty but us. Either we go to war, as did the Founding Fathers, or we become servants. This pandemic treaty creates another bright line that, if crossed, would cause me to pick up a gun. To be clear, I will give the courts an opportunity to forbid the implementation of the elements of the WHO pandemic treaty on me or my countrymen before I pick up a gun. That said, there is the old adage, the wheels of justice turn slowly. I appreciate that rulings are best made from a deliberative process, but I have no intention of sitting idly by as the federal or state governments enforce dictates of WHO on the American people while the courts take their sweet-ass time ruling on it. As an example, then New York Governor Cuomo imposed a vaccine mandate on all New York healthcare workers in August of 2021. In October of 2023, the New York Supreme Court declared the governor's healthcare worker vaccine mandate illegal. It took 16 months for a New York court to declare the mandate illegal. During that 16 month period, virtually every healthcare worker in New York either was forced to take the jab or fired. In fact, 34,000 New York healthcare workers were fired for refusing an illegal order. My point is that the damage was already done to hundreds of thousands of New Yorkers by the time the court got off its ass and ruled it illegal. I don't believe we should permit that mass deprivation of rights to ever occur again in America. In 2020 and 2021, it was duly elected officials suppressing our constitutional rights, and the courts eventually corrected some of that. As reprehensible as that was, the pandemic treaty allows unelected foreigners to do that to us. The U.S. Supreme Court has been clear that no treaty can obviate the rights of the American people. In other words, no treaty can alter, modify, or abolish my rights or yours. Yet with the WHO pandemic treaty, we're looking at American officials being ordered by foreigners to act against our rights. If federal and state officials capitulate to WHO's orders, which I imagine they will because the White House, the CDC, and NIH tell them they have to, I don't see that anything short of violence will preserve our rights. I will not stand idly by while the rights of the American people are suppressed on orders from the World Health Organization and carried out by traitors in our own country. This issue is so clear-cut that every court in the land should rule in defense of our liberty, rule against 
foreign ordered suppression of our rights within hours, at most days. I'll give the courts their opportunity, but I will not stand by while the government fucks over millions of Americans on orders from a U.N. body. Most of you have likely only seen me here like this, but I have a lengthy association with violence. I'm good at it, and I have no reservations whatsoever about employing it in the circumstances mentioned here today. That said, oftentimes it is virtually impossible to get at a public official because the American people pay an inordinate amount of their hard-earned money to the government, which then uses some of that to put measures in place to ensure you can never do harm to government officials who may be illegally harming you. In that case, who should pay the price? Answer, whoever is following the orders that are violating your rights. Let me share something with you about order followers. The order follower always bears more moral culpability than the order giver, because the order follower is the one who actually performs the action, and in taking such action, actually brings harm into physical manifestation. Order following is the pathway to every form of evil and chaos in our world. It should never be seen as a virtue by anyone who considers himself a moral human being. Order followers have ultimately been personally responsible and morally culpable for every form of slavery and every single totalitarian regime that has ever existed on the face of the earth. I'd like to be more specific about exactly what I believe must be done, but if I was, this presentation would be removed from every platform based on an assertion that I am advocating criminal conduct. But preserving our liberty is the duty of every American. It is our birthright. And, as the Supreme Court has stated, the exercise of a right can never be converted into a crime. Despite my not being able to make certain statements as plainly as I'd like, I'm confident you get the message. I'm not naive about such matters. I understand that for every hundred people who say, Hell yeah, I won't allow anyone to enforce foreign dictates on Americans, only one will act. Only one in a hundred has what it takes to do what must be done. Let's talk about law enforcement for a moment. My sincerest desire is that cops immediately recognize that some Americans enforcing foreign dictates on other Americans is impermissible, and they'll refuse to get involved with it. But I know some won't care because they are blind order followers. My response to that is this. The person who protects a traitor so the traitor can continue engaging in traitorous conduct is also a traitor and should meet the same fate. I'm 64 years old, and I've never had to defend America from foreign dictates being enforced against Americans in our own land. I hope it does not happen, and what I'm discussing will never become necessary. No one in their right mind wants to have to take the actions we're discussing. But we don't get to pick and choose that sort of thing, that timing, do we? Perhaps you recall these words from Thomas Paine. If there must be trouble... Let it be in my day that my children may have peace. In other words, we do a disservice to our posterity by not acting when the obligation is clear. So, how do we keep these things from happening? Unfortunately, I don't have a miracle solution to prevent this scenario from occurring. What you can do right now, today, is gather 10 or 20 people who feel as you do about this matter, and all of you, in a group, walk into the office of your congressperson and your senator. That doesn't happen very often, and it will get their attention big time.
Make it clear you want the congressperson or senator to actively work against the new pandemic treaty and immediately issue a press release opposing it and calling on every other congressperson and senator to publicly denounce the treaty. Explain to the congressperson and senator about the need for the U.S. government to send the notice of rejection to who's director general. And remember, this potentially cataclysmic happening is less than six months away. So if you delay, we may face a choice considerably more difficult than sharing your views with your elected official. A moment ago, I mentioned that the American people pay an inordinate amount of their money to the government, which in many cases is then used for things that make their life more difficult or to which they strongly object. Yet, you keep doing it. Now, I'd understand why you keep doing it if the law requires you to do it. But it doesn't. As you may know, I'm the author of Income Tax Shattering the Mist, the best-selling book in America that proves definitively, beyond any shadow of a doubt, that the income tax has never been imposed on you, but rather you are the victim of a 60-year massive government disinformation campaign to convince you it was. Okay, show of hands, how many of you pay income tax because you've read even a single word of tax law? Right. None of you. You pay it because everyone says you have to. In terms of the income tax, do you know what the purpose is of the government's disinformation? Its purpose is to get everyone to tell you that you have to pay it. Let's say you have a penis and everyone told you you have a vagina. Would you believe it because everyone said so? Or would you look down at the evidence hanging between your legs and decide everyone is full of shit? Ladies, how about you? If everyone told you that you have a penis, would you believe it just because everyone said so? The only difference between the clear example I just gave you and the income tax is the ease with which you can see the evidence that everyone is wrong. Admittedly, reading income tax shattering the mist is not quite as easy as glancing between your legs for evidence, but it isn't that much more difficult either. You buy a book and you read it. When you're done, like every single reader before you, you will know that Congress has never imposed the income tax on ordinary working Americans. That's you. And you'll know it with the exact same level of certainty as when you look between your legs. It is that clear. It is that inarguable. And it is that conclusive. So then... If the government is using your money to do things that make your life more difficult or using it for things with which you strongly disagree, since you're not required to pay it, why would you keep doing so? Wouldn't it be nice to safely walk away from the disinformation scam and never pay the government another penny of income tax? Guess how that starts. It starts with you going from having never read a word of tax law to knowing exactly what the key parts of the law really say. Sounds dry and boring, right? Wrong! <laughs> Let me quickly share a few reader comments with you. Here's an email I received from Mark who said, quote, Your book, Income Tax Shattering the Mist, is fantastic. I read it cover to cover and had a hard time putting it down. Had a hard time putting it down. Does that sound dry and boring? Brian said, Dave's book is revolutionary. I recommend buying two copies. Does that sound like it's dry and boring? Ranger said, 
Third time reading your book. Sooner or later, I'll know every damn word. I'm pretty sure no one reads a book three times if they find it dry and boring. The truth is, it reads like a mystery novel. As the truth unfolds, you want to know more, and each chapter gets progressively more exciting. I know people who've read it four and five times just because they find it so enjoyable. My point is that it's the exact opposite of dry and boring. It is also written in such a way that you will have an absolute command over the world's most complex area of law when you're done. How cool is that? Once you know the facts, once you know the truth, only then can you make an informed decision about whether you'd like to safely walk away or just keep giving the government your money for no good reason. You can get income tax shattering the mist at drreality.news, drreality.news. I'll put the link down in the notes. While you're there, have a look at body science, but only if you want to be in such incredibly great health that you won't need big med or big pharma in your life ever again. If that sounds good to you, you need to read body science. As a community, Americans are the most ill people in all of human history. With all our wealth, technology, and science, how is it America is the sickest country on the earth? Do you think it might have something to do with, once again, the American people being programmed by a massive disinformation campaign? You've heard the adage, follow the money, right? So, as you ponder why America is the sickest nation on earth and in all of human history, who wins? Who reaps the financial rewards from that? Well, cumulatively, Big Med, Big Pharma, and Big Food, Big Food being the producers of highly processed substances masquerading as food, they reap $10.6 trillion annually. If everyone in America read body science and applied what they discover there, within a year, that number would fall to probably about $1 trillion because so few Americans would have any use for them. As things stand now, they reap trillions from making you sick and trillions more addressing your sickness. That's quite a racket. The good news is you can get all the facts, all the science presented in a way everyone can understand simply by reading body science. Then you can tell Big Med, Big Pharma, and Big Food to go fuck themselves forever. I must be making this up, right? No, not at all. There is a reason body science has never received a single rating less than five stars. Also, by purchasing Income Tax Shattering the Mist and or Body Science, you help me to continue to be here for you with these revealing and thought-provoking presentations. Please, share this presentation with everyone. Thank you for being here. Take care.